Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. On a Friday night, we welcome you in. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We've got a full two-hour program tonight. We take you all the way till 8 o'clock this evening. we got a lot to get to. We have a lot to get to on the show. Here's... What's going to be taking place between now and 8 o'clock? In about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott. Don't call him Mr. Soccer. He is elevated to Sir Soccer, per Mike Claiborne. Always go with that one. Um, Colin Sur- uh, Surif, who's going to be broadcasting the SLU women's basketball game tomorrow on 97.1 FM Talk. He is going to join us from Knoxville, Tennessee. We'll do that later on this hour. Next hour, Kevin Ryan's Channel 2 Sports Anchor will be with us. He's been covering the uh, high school basketball championships going on down in Springfield. And then we will hear uh, some of the audio today from Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. And also we'll hear from uh, Bradley Carnell, the City SC uh, head coach, as uh, he spoke with the media yesterday. And we're going to play back some of what was uh, said yesterday. So we've got a lot We've got a lot to get to between uh, now and 8 o'clock. As always, if you want to uh, join us, there are uh, multiple ways for uh, you to get uh, connected into the program. Probably the best way, especially maybe you're not listening live, if you ever want to uh, continue the conversation beyond uh, what we've got going on between 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock, you can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. But you can also text and you can also call. That's the same number, 314 314- 436-7900-314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text Cardinals earlier. to Just before I even get to that, this is a great weekend coming up. This is an amazing St. Louis sports weekend. Cardinals are playing. They are getting closer and closer to heading north and starting the season. Um, you have the St. Louis University women's basketball team playing in the NCAA tournament first time ever. You've got Missouri basketball in a spot where if they can beat a 15 seed, they are getting to the Sweet 16. You've got City SC playing their second ever home match and looking to make a little bit of history as a expansion franchise trying to win their first four matches of their existence. You have the Battlehawks with their second home game 
We'll see how many people show up for that. It's going to be City SC and the Battle Hawks playing at essentially the same time. Battle Hawks are going to start at 6, and then the uh, Vantage Credit Union game time for City SC going to be 7.30 on our sister station, Y98. Did I miss any? The Blues. The Blues are back in action. I was, I was talking with Matt Pajeski about this a little bit earlier. Like, and This is not a shot at the Blues whatsoever. They've had an amazing run of success. They're going to be fine. It's just a. It was a perfect storm this year. Doug Armstrong has talked about it. The fact that they were trying to get a little bit more out of that kind of that last group of guys, and it just didn't happen this year. It just didn't happen, and they finally had to kind of pull the plug on it. And with that, they haven't been very competitive. And in most years, there is no city. There is no Battle Hawks. Yeah, there's NCAA basketball stuff going on around this time. But the competitive landscape and competitive marketplace for the St. Louis sports fan, we're still spending a lot of time talking about the Blues. And they're, they're getting pushed out a little bit here at the moment. Not because they don't matter. Not because they're not important. Not because they've been, you know, in the grand scheme of things, passed up by those other teams. I don't think they have been. But in terms of winning and what matters at this very moment, the the focus has kind of shifted a little bit towards some of these other teams. And it's just, it's it's from a business standpoint, I wonder how the Blues are kind of reacting to that because they haven't, even if they have had down years, and they really haven't had many. So again, this is, this is a perfect storm. On the year that City starts, on the year that the Battle Hawks return in earnest, the Blues are having one of their first, like, really bad years in recent history. You could not have predicted that this was all going to happen. I don't know what the St. Louis sports landscape would look like. If we went into a uh, – if, if we hopped in the DeLorean and made the Blues into a really, really good team this year, I just – I. W- Man, we would have that much more to talk about, but I just it would be interesting to watch kind of how the sports landscape would play out and what the focus would be on and, and things like that. And the Blues have, you know, they've, they've kind of taken a back seat here for at least a little bit when it comes to what's going on with uh, City and to a certain extent Battle Hawks, but I think City certainly uh, is, is the thing that has been so incredibly well received. Uh, in this market, and then the way they've been able to start their existence has been a lot of fun to uh, to really pay attention to. I was just, I, I think I said this on the show yesterday, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I can't get over, I hadn't spent uh, much time at their training facility until yesterday. And I had been to the, the Bayer Leverkusen exhibition, the friendly as they call it. Uh, but because I'd been in Florida, I hadn't been to any of their home matches yet, and just being out at practice yesterday and seeing that facility, and actually before he left, Michael Calhoun, host of uh, Total Information PM, he brought up the picture of what that area looked like before the stadium was built. So I left St. Louis, and I was gone for 20 years. Grew up here, gone 20 years before getting back this past summer. And I was, I've been thinking to myself, what, what did that area look like? I could not recall. I had no ability to recall what that area where City Park and the entire training facility and business operations and everything for City. I could not remember what it looked like over there. I had no recollection of it whatsoever. And I said that to Michael Calhoun today. 
And he went and got some old, like, Google Earth images or something and, and found it and showed it to me. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what – and it's, it's incredible. It is incredible how much that has changed the landscape of downtown. And there's still so much work to do with downtown St. Louis, so much work. But that is such a big part of what's going on. And, you know, that's, that connects downtown into – uh, into Midtown, and eventually that can be a corridor more towards Forest Park. And we still have a lot of work to do. We still have so many flaws as a city when it comes to our downtown. But just it struck me today as I was looking at that picture that uh, that Michael Calhoun brought up, how different and how amazingly different in a good way it looks now compared to uh, before. So, yeah, we got a lot to get to today. We got Battlehawks. We got City. We got Cardinals. We got NCAA basketball tournament with the Mizzou men and with the SLU women. We're going to touch on every single one of those things between now and 8 o'clock. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can just tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Sir Soccer. Don't call him Mr. Soccer. Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott, he joins us in just a moment or so as we continue on. It's Sports Open Line, a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on a Friday night here on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. A great bar sports open line rolls on here on KMOX. Another big weekend coming up for uh, City SC, and uh, we're very happy to uh, welcome on. I grew up knowing him as Mr. Soccer, but Mike Claiborne has recently appointed him Sir Soccer, so I'll go with that. I'll follow Claibs' lead. He is uh, Bill McDermott, Sir Soccer. Bill, how are you doing today? Fine, man. How you been? By the way, Claiborne did anoint me as Sir, but I missed the ceremony. I was not a part of it. Yeah, that's that's nobody needed to be there, right? You just that's get right. the title exactly. and you're in good shape. Yeah. Well, uh, so you're uh, you're part of what we're doing here uh, with our soccer coverage here on yes. uh, KMOX with uh, extra time from the pitch. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But f- just from a from a general standpoint, can you talk about your your level of uh, being impressed with what City has been able to do, finding a way to win these first three matches? Uh, very, very, and highly impressed, Matt. And by the way. Uh, it's great news that it's the home team, obviously, but I would be impressed with any expansion team that jumps into a new league, uh, which has become highly sophisticated as of late, dating all the way back to 96. No comparison to that starting date, by the way, but very, very impressed. Uh, they've had the opportunity 
with the extra year that they were granted by Major League Soccer because of the pandemic, because of COVID. And that just absolutely, totally turned this team around. It really helped them. Not just with the construction, the physical construction of the field, the main field, the stadium field at City Park, the training facilities, but it gave the team the ability to have players in and around the overall culture starting from the very beginning. Oh, starting last June, some of the major players were in town. That's unheard of for an expansion team in Major League Soccer. But to start off the year winning all three games, getting nine points to max from three games, having to come from behind in each game, very, very impressive. You mentioned the facilities and everything. I was out at practice yesterday, and that was the first time I had stepped onto the practice facility. And I, I drive by it when I'm on 40 every day, and it's it's mm-hmm. really cool to look at. But, man, that's – I don't, I don't know. I'm not a soccer guy. That's, that's not a sport that I grew up playing. But you just go over there, and you feel like you're in a, in a real first-class facility. It's just a special thing. I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it was really cool being there yesterday. No, as soon as you said the words first class, that's 100% accurate, Matt. Uh, this uh, immediately has placed St. Louis City atop the overall league with reference to with reference to overall facilities. And the fact that the stadium and the training facilities, team headquarters, team store, everything is in one overall 31-acre footprint in a centralized area in your downtown area, unprecedented in the history of Major League Soccer, again, dating back to 1996. Uh, But the training facilities, along with this game field, the game field, surface, world-class. But likewise, the training facilities, two full-size grass fields, one turf for the continual work that all the academy teams will put on that field with their day-to-day coverage. But it's just unheard of. Uh, The world, it's world-class these training facilities positively, and the players know that the instant they arrive for work on a daily basis. Everybody keeps saying that this is a team that is not as talented top to bottom as other MLS teams, and I keep hearing about the system that they run, how it really neutralizes out the attack of other teams, and that's been largely what's led to the. Do you, do you agree with that general idea that, A, they're maybe not as talented as most of the other MLS teams, but they are being able to neutralize that out because of the system that they run? The system that they run has been the system that they said they were going to run from day one, Matt, and that is high-pressing, high-energy, high-octane. If we lose the ball up the field as we're attacking, let's try to get it back as soon as possible, as close to the other team's goal as soon as possible. Uh, They've been doing that all year long, and irrespective of the opponent, that's the way they're going to continue to play. Uh, I do not agree with the fact that they do not have as much talent as some of the other teams in the league. Now, there have been some teams in this league that were magnificent. Are they approaching that level? Not quite yet. They've played three games. <laughs> Let's don't get carried yeah. away. they got they got a ton of games left. But from what we've seen so far, in particular, for some players on the field, uh, Edward Leuven, He's a designated player. Here's your 10 shirt. He should carry the team. The team should go through him, and that's what's happening so far. Klaus, the striker, he wears number nine. 
but he's not a normal number nine, Matt. He doesn't just stand in the penalty area and wait for balls to be flatted into him. He works and works with, and more importantly, without the ball. The players coming out of the backfield, John Nelson, Jake Berwinski from the wide backs, they're solid. They get involved in the attack, and it's been very, very solid at center backs, with, uh, starting with the first defender, the first defender, Roman Berkey, the goalkeeper, obviously, but Kyle Hebert and Tim Parker. Now, uh, there is the possibility that Tim Parker may may not play on Saturday night. He's been dealing with the grind issue, but there are plenty of players, plenty of players for this team who know the system, who are more than willing and ready to step into the first 11. You mentioned Klaus. He's a big. I did. You know, I'm a baseball guy, and people ask me about Jordan Walker. And the first thing I always say is, "Man, he's a he's a big dude. You big don't man. realize how yeah. big he is until you're standing next to him." I kind of felt that way yesterday with Klaus. He was a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, he is a big man, and along with that, Matt, he's very mobile. Now he said his favorite player is Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo. His nickname was El Fenomeno. I don't think we have to say anymore if your nickname's El Phenomeno. Now, he runs at people uh, not the same way that Ronaldo did because nobody has been able to do that. But without the ball, he's around the penalty area. He can hold the ball up from you. He can set it. He can lay it off. He can work one-twos. He's great in the air. Uh, he can take – he won't hide in a physical game simply because of his stature and his size. He's everything that you want in a number nine. And in particular, St. Louis City is going to obviously on occasion play a one forward system. He is the guy for that system. Yes, he's been very impressive so far. Bill McDermott continuing to uh, join us. Uh, this this is a San Jose team. I don't know about you. So mm-hmm. this is kind of my uh, my very amateur evaluation. Like they, they won those first two matches, and I kind of said, okay, there's a lot of emotion that goes on that you never know what's going to happen in the first game of a season in any sport, and then you're back home and just mm-hmm. the craziness. I started to get impressed by their start with the Portland win. That was the moment where I kind of said, oh, okay, maybe there's something going on here. And now they're going to play a San Jose team, second home game. You kind of get starting to you kind of normalize the schedule now. You've been doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. but this is a pretty good San Jose team that they're going to match up against. Very much so. Uh, they lost their first game uh, to Atlanta, Matt. By the way, there were 67,000 people in Atlanta <laughs> for that first game between uh, between Atlanta and San Jose. But since... San Jose has beaten Vancouver and Colorado, and they come in with some very talented forwards uh, and a midfielder who's had a stint with the national team. Jackson Yule, a local player. He's from UCLA. Christian Espinosa, he's the guy who got the game-winning goal against Colorado. Now, they're going to be missing one of their better players at DP, a designated player, uh, Jamiro Montero. He got sent off in the last game against Colorado, so consequently, he'll be absent from this game, but Luchi Gonzalez coaches them. He knows full well what to expect coming into play in a real, real foreign atmosphere. Uh, and we're here to play the role of a spoiler, as he accurately stated. Uh, by the way, there is a St. Louis connection with the earthquake. Steve Ralston, the all-time leader in assists in Major League Soccer, he's one of the assistant coaches for the earthquakes. But they're one of the original teams. In this league, Matt, they started uh, playing in 1996, and they played, by the way, in the very first game, the inaugural game in Major League Soccer history back in uh, April 6, 1996. Uh, They won. The San Jose Clash 
at the time mm. they beat D.C. United. But uh, they played at Spartan Stadium in San Jose. That's where they played their first two, three, four years. And then they, like every other team in this league, majority of the teams in this league, have built their own soccer-specific stadium. So, yes, this will be a difficult test for St. Louis City. But speaking of that, every team has gotten better, Matt. And every team continues to do that on a yearly basis. They do a lot of changing during the offseason. San Jose, case in point, yet another team that's done just that. Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott, extra time from the pitch. What's going to be uh, going on this week? Yes, sir. Well, we're not uh, conflict with the Cardinals, so we're not going to be on the air uh, this Saturday from 10 till midnight. But our next game will be April 1st, Matt. And thanks for the opportunity to speak about it, because what we're going to do, what Steve Moore has asked me to do is just really have two hours of soccer after the game and obviously talk about the game, uh, who was involved, some of the big players, some of the better players and then have people uh, in and around the St. Louis soccer scene, either Far City or for some of the academy teams, some local players perhaps who have gone on to play for the national team. Uh, Case in point, we had uh, Taylor Twelman and Brad Davis on our first show. So we're just going to try to emphasize all things soccer, and in particular, all things St. Louis soccer. Bill, great to talk to you. Thank you so Likewise, much. Matt. Yeah, hopefully we can do this maybe uh, fairly often leading into games. Really enjoyed this That'd conversation. Be awesome. Be glad to. That's Bill McDermott. This is Sports Open Line. We're back with more in a moment on KMOX. Who's heading to NCAA tournament play for the first time ever? The Billikens women's team. Hear this historic game as they take on Tennessee Saturday. Pre-game coverage 1147, tip at noon. And you can hear it on KFTK 97.1 FM Talk. It's both. It's 91.85 with one and a half seconds left. Taylor heaves. And that does it! St. Louis is going to the NCAA tournament! They have won the Atlantic 10 Championship! The dulcet tones of Colin Surrey, who now joins us here on the program. He's going to have the call of the St. Louis University women's basketball game tomorrow. He, along with uh, Bob Ramsey, will broadcast from Knoxville, Tennessee. You can hear it on our sister station, 97.1 FM Talk, a noon tip from Knoxville as SLU, the 13 seed, looks to knock off Tennessee, the four seed. And for those of you who don't know, in the women's basketball tournament, the higher seeds uh, host in the first couple rounds. So uh, Tennessee is hosting uh, two total games tomorrow, and then the winners of those games will play in Knoxville a couple days later. It's always that awkward situation where a team like Tennessee loses and then that they're still hosting a game involving uh, the team that beat them. So for the Billikens, they're hoping that ends up happening. Let's bring uh, Colin Surrey onto the program right now. You can follow him uh, on Twitter at uh, ColinPXP, and he joins us right now. Hey, Colin, thanks for the time. How are you? Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute honor to be on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX, a station that has meant so much to this community for years and years in St. Louis women's basketball, trying to really make some history themselves here. Take a, Tell me a little bit about what's going on in Knoxville right now. Set the scene for uh, Billikens fans that want an idea of what's going on the day before a big game. It's the, the calm before the storm, I would call it right now. Had a great practice today. And so much of this team's focus down the stretch has been getting in the correct mental state. 
And one of the things that they do to get in that right mental state is called mindfulness. They have a session at the beginning of their practices, every practice here down the stretch of the season, they would mix it in, you know, here and there throughout the season. But now during crunch time, every single practice, they have a moment of, it's really a a reflection period where they're kind of led through a thought process by, by a voice on, on the speaker. And then they just sit there with their thoughts and, and it's about trying to make sure that, Hey, how do we leave fear out of the equation? Hey, how do we make sure that we are ready to seize this opportunity? And the team has responded really well to those things. So that's interesting because that's that's pretty cool when you're playing Atlantic 10 games. You're walking into Knoxville, Tennessee, one of the most historic women's basketball venues and programs and, and uh, a group that gets huge support. It's going to be a crazy environment, I would assume, with lots of people there. I, I, I assume none of these players have probably played in, a, in, a, in an environment like this before. How important can that be to what's not exactly going to be a welcoming environment tomorrow? Certainly that, that is a factor. Um, you know, and it's interesting you talk about it being so historic, one of the meccas of college basketball on the men's or women's side at Thompson Bowling Arena. But the court itself is named the Summit. You know, how fitting, you know, of course, because of Pat Summit and her historic career, over a thousand wins, eight national titles with Tennessee and the Lady Vols. But, you know, it is as if the Billikens have reached the summit to get to this point, but they feel like they're not done climbing. And, you know, there are some experiences that while maybe they haven't faced this specific environment, they have faced teams that are similar to what Tennessee brings to the table. This is a squad in St. Louis and in the Gulf Coast Challenge down in Florida at the beginning of the year. They took on Baylor. They played some other really, really good teams in their non-conference schedule, not to mention a team that they knocked off twice, the reigning Atlantic 10 champs, UMass, took Tennessee right down to the wire earlier this year so that's got to give this group a lot of confidence and you look at the the overall season for the St. Louis team they started the year off very slow they feel like they're a completely different team right now and they're playing with a level of confidence that is just unmatched and every time they seem to be hit with an adverse situation they have a response so um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those first five minutes of tomorrow's game goes It'll, it'll be a big factor in, you know, letting that Lady Vols team know that, hey, we're here to play hard and we are not afraid of this stage. You have been with them from start to finish. At what point in the season did you start to believe that maybe this could turn into a special group? You know, you could see signs of it even in the early going when it was really rough for this team at the, at the very beginning of the season. But one of the really bright spots that that stood out to me in their season was knocking off an Illinois State team that was projected to win the Missouri Valley Conference. They're playing in the WNIT right now. A 75-65 win against a team in, you know, the Missouri Valley Conference is a, a comparable conference to the Atlantic 10, sometimes get multiple teams into the NCAA tournament. And when this team won that game, you could kind of see signs of, okay, it's, it's starting to turn. That corner is starting to be turned. But it really wasn't until the Fordham game in the middle of conference play, which was the start of this 11 wins in 12-game stretch, which, by the way, is the best 12-game stretch for the St. Louis team 
in over 40 years. You have to go back to 1978-79 when this team was playing, you know, much smaller schools to find a streak like this team has had right now. But uh, a Fordham team that was projected to be in the top three of the Atlantic 10 and the Billikens dropped 87 points on that Fordham team. And that was alumni day. And there, there were a bunch of former Billikens in Chaffetz Arena to watch that performance. And it really helped them garner a huge amount of momentum and go on the streak that is culminating in this NCAA tournament appearance that we see now. We continue to chat with uh, Colin Surrey. You're going to hear him along with Bob Ramsey tomorrow on 97.1 FM Talk, bringing you the first ever St. Louis University women's basketball NCAA tournament game. They've, they basically haven't played in two weeks. It was two Sundays ago, so they're going to come up one day short of two weeks between games. Is They had so much momentum. Is there any worry that it's been this long layoff? I know you just mentioned the first few minutes of the game. Does the fact that it's been such a long layoff maybe even make those first few minutes that much more important? You know, normally I would say yes. But this is a team that has played a school record 34 games this season to date. I think they really needed that time off. Um, You know, especially you consider how physically exhausting it is, how mentally exhausting it is to go through a stretch that they did, the amount of focus, the amount of detail and work that is put in mentally to beat teams like Rhode Island, like UMass, and even St. Joseph's, a great team that they played in the quarterfinals of that Atlantic 10 tournament. So I think the time off is really going to serve them well in that regard. But I do think that, like you mentioned, those first two minutes, you know, are you able to find that rhythm and hit a couple of shots? It'll, it'll go a long way for this team if they're able to do that. But, you know, the thing that, that this team really focuses on in those first five moment, minutes excuse me, is finding a toughness play that they can kind of hang their hat on. Does somebody take a charge? Does somebody get a big contested rebound? Does somebody go in and, and get a real gritty steal, digging on a, a player that's driving to the rim? Things like that are what really get this team going. And we've seen stretches from this squad where maybe offensively they go into a little bit of a rut, but they can get just as hot the very next minute. And that is typically sparked by those toughness plays, which usually come on the defensive end. This this program's never gone through this. Like, I remember growing up in the the Jill Pizzotti teams, and there were some there were some pretty good teams, but they've never been in this spot. And this is per, maybe the most we've ever like we the collective we in the media in St. Louis. This, this is probably the most we've spent you know talking about St. Louis University women's basketball. Is this group? Kind of, I don't. They don't do it for the attention, but are they embracing this and embracing the fact that there is uh, a new kind of spotlight on this program? They are absolutely embracing it, and when you look at you know the individuals on this roster as well, they are led by a homegrown talent in Brooke Flowers, and you know I've talked extensively with her throughout the course of the season, just how much it means for her to be doing this in St. Louis, where. She set numerous records in her prep career in the state of Missouri, all-time rebounding and blocks leader in prep sports in Missouri history. And then all she does is come to St. Louis, and she's now climbing the all-time blocks list. Matt, she's four blocks away from passing Rebecca Lobo, who will be an analyst, former UConn Husky player, tomorrow broadcasting these NCAA tournament games. So 
she's approaching just extremely rarefied air in that regard. But they're, they are certainly embracing all of the attention that they're getting, all of the, the accolades that they have been able to receive. And it's a lot of fun to watch from, you know, kind of an outsider's slash insider's perspective because I am around them to see just how excited and happy they are for each other. You know, sometimes you have teams where it gets individually competitive and, you know, you have teammates that want to outdo one another. And certainly that still exists on this team, but there's just a level of genuine love for one another. And when they see their teammates find that level of success, when Brooke Flowers pulled down her 1,000th rebound in that Gulf Coast Challenge at the beginning of the year, the team mobbed her on the court afterwards. You know, special things like that that this team has been able to really take in and enjoy. And I think their ability to do that has made them looser on the floor. You know, I think it, it can be a mental thing if you start to think about, oh, okay, like, hey, I've got to block everything out and just focus on this game. They're able to really compartmentalize. And when the time comes to to have that opening tip, this team has their minds right where they need to be. How much have you enjoyed kind of watching that inside-outside connection between Flowers and Julia Martinez? A ton. I mean, they are phenomenal players to watch. Julia Martinez plays harder than anyone you will ever watch touch the hard floor. I, I mean, the hardwood. If you go to a, a Billikens basketball game, there is no way that you don't fall in love with the game that Julia Martinez plays. She had a triple-double in the Atlantic 10 championship. And that would have been the first ever triple double in school history. If it weren't for Brooke flowers doing it with blocks earlier in the year, she did it on uh, education day. And it was pretty cool to hear her talk about how she was once one of those kids in the stands. And now she's inspiring other young ladies, but back to Julia in, in their synergy and connection, you know, Julia, even though she's a guard, she gets a lot of her work done in the paint. And where their connection is the strongest, in my opinion, is in transition. Julia Martinez is one of the best passers in the entire nation, and she has an ability to put velocity on her passes that you just don't see from other players. So uh, a thing that is a common occurrence for this Billikens team is Martinez, one of the best rebounding guards in the country. She was sitting at sixth amongst offensive rebounding guards in the country last I looked at on the NCAA list, of course, some games going on and those things fluctuating. But she runs the floor better than any big, referring to Brooke Flowers. She'll get out after that rebound for Julia Martinez, and it will be a 70-foot dart down the floor, right into the shooting pocket, and all Flowers has to do is go up and lay it in. I mean, they they are a real joy to watch out there. They not only have that connection on the floor, they have it off the floor as well, and I think that is a huge reason for them being able to have the success that we've seen this season. Last thing for you, what's your excitement level? You're calling an NCAA tournament game that is always special. I've called one, and it's one of the greatest moments of my broadcasting career. You, you're going to be the local voice of the first-ever uh, tournament game. Uh, you're working with a, with a Hall of Famer in Bob Ramsey. Like, there's a lot going on with this broadcast tomorrow. I mean, words can't describe, Matt, how excited I am for this. Like you mentioned, getting to broadcast this game with Rammer, a Billikens Hall of Famer, a five-time Missouri Broadcaster of the Year. I mean, it's truly a dream come true 
for me. And I'm really excited to to talk with Rammer. And, you know, his wife is a former Billikens basketball player and, and get a little bit of his perspective on what this run means for the program. But, you know, as a play-by-play broadcaster, it really doesn't get any better than this. And it all comes down to the people that you're surrounded with. Coach Tillett and her staff have been extremely accepting and accommodating of me. The players, you know, it's been amazing to get to know them and see how inclusive they have been of me as well. And, you know, so, so open to any kind of interview I want to do, any type of media availability. And it's not always like that. So, you know, a huge thank you to all of the people at St. Louis University, a huge thank you to all of the people involved with this program, because, you know, this is quite possibly a once in a lifetime experience. Mm -hmm. You just don't know how often these things are going to come around. And, you know, just like the players are, I'm trying to soak it up as much as I can. Awesome. Yeah, do make sure to do that. He is uh, Colin Surrey. Listen tomorrow, noon tip, 97.1 FM Talk. He's got the play-by-play. Rammer's got the analysis. It's going to be awesome. Colin, we'll be listening tomorrow. Thank you so much for taking this time. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. There's Colin Surrey joining us here on the program. Again, he's on the call of the St. Louis University women's basketball game tomorrow from Knoxville, Tennessee, as they try to knock off uh, Tennessee and move to the second round of the NCAA tournament. We'll take a break. Come back. we got a lot more to get to. A lot to do between now and 8 o'clock at Sports Open Line at Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We do continue on here on a Friday evening coming up in uh, hour number two of the show. We're going to hear from uh, Kevin Ryan, sports anchor, Channel 2. He's going to uh, join us. I always say Channel 2, Channel 2 and Channel 11. The power of two, as they like to say. Uh, he's going to be with us. We'll also... Uh, play back some of what uh, Oliver Marmel had to say in Jupiter earlier today and we'll also play back some of what uh, Bradley Carnell had to say yesterday when talking to the media in front of a city's matchup coming up tomorrow. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. I asked uh, earlier, I asked Rachel Zimmerman and Michael Calhoun this question and both of them said no, so I'll ask you, did you fill out a bracket? No. Why? What is it with the, like, I love working here. I love working here so much. But the, the this is the first negative that I can find. Nobody here fills out a bracket. We do like the company bracket challenge or whatever, like most offices do, and nobody's filling out a bracket. I'm I'm too casual of a fan. I know now. I know you're gonna say, well, so and so did it, and she doesn't watch basketball. But I know that's not the point. But to to put money on something that I, that I have no clue on, I that doesn't sit well with me, Matt. So you didn't even do like a bracket for fun? No. You know what my bracket is? I like to keep up with with who's playing who. So like, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll write in a, <laughs> I'll, I'll write in a bra- like a blank bracket of the winners of each of each of each round, so I can stay on track with everybody. So you like taking notes? That's yes. what you're saying. You like taking notes. Why fill out a bracket before the game is done? There might be something wrong. I'm gonna take my empty bracket and fill it in as it goes along. It's exactly it. Do you uh, keep score when you go to a baseball game? Uh, no, I used to keep score when I was working the games here, but I ended up, uh, I was getting distracted. Abandoning so, uh, that? Yeah, I've abandoned that. And especially with the pitch clock, you don't have a whole lot of time to keep track of all that stuff. So, uh, no, I, I don't, I don't keep track or I don't keep score anymore. I mean, that's what you're essentially doing as opposed to fill. I have never heard anybody say that. Like I wish, 
uh, we need like a psychologist to come in and really like dissect what you just said. It's a one-stop shop with everything. Like, who, who did Mizzou beat in the first round again? Because, you know, say something crazy happens during the final four, blah, blah, blah. You want to you wanna know each step of how they got there. Boom, I got it right in front of me. Where's your bracket? It's in my backpack. So you, when when was the last time you uh, got it up to date? Yesterday. I went for uh, today's score. Oh, so you don't even do it like real time. You just do it at the end of the day? I'm, I'm a very busy guy. So what, you get home, you go to your desk, you 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 bring up ESPN.com or CBSSports.com or something, and you go through the bracket and you fill it all out? That's right. Got to do it before you go to bed? Uh-huh. Okay. You have something to drink while you do it? Like you make it a whole thing? No, no. Right before you go to bed, I don't want to drink anything. That's water. That's, that's that's wild that you do that. That you sit down at the end of the night and update your bracket. But you know what? Every year I've got a perfect bracket. Oh my gosh! I chose Kansas as my national champion, and i I hate it so much because i i I hate Kansas. I hate Kansas. I grew up here, so I had my Kansas hate from growing up in St. Louis and growing up as a Mizzou fan. And then when I went to college. I went to Kansas State, so I hate Kansas because of that. I hate Kansas so much, yet I think they're going to win the national title this year. I felt dirty. And now when I go to ESPN.com and I click on my bracket, the first thing it says, it shows my name and has that stupid Jayhawk logo (laughs) next to it. So I have to see that damn logo over and over and over again. It's very upsetting. Very upsetting. You may have willed their win into the into existence. Yeah, I mean, I don't want them to win. I want to be wrong. I want to be so wrong on this bracket because I hate Kansas so much. But I, I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win it all. A lot of people picking Marquette. Marquette got a little bit of a scare earlier today in the first half in their game uh, against Vermont, and then they were able to move on after that. My Wildcats, by the way, they're in action tonight against uh, Montana State. 840 tip-off, so I'll get out of here just in time to get home and uh, watch K-State do, uh, do their thing. All right, uh, Missouri tomorrow, they're going to match up. Uh, they, got, <laughs> it's, they, they got themselves uh, a 15 seed tomorrow, so we'll see how they do with that. Anyway, Sports Open Live, we're back with more in a moment on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.